Hi and welcome to another episode in Stepping Into Your Space. Today I am talking to Andrew Trimble. If you're into sport especially, you will know him from Ulster and Irish Rugby. I've known him a long time so I'm really just a bundle of laughs to be honest. He's always good fun. So um, you will also now know him as Paris Sport Tech which is um, a scheduling communications platform but it's good to just chat to him about faith rugby family and um challenges just how to face challenges i hope that you enjoy the episode hi so today i have andrew trimble on for those of you that um are into sport you'll know exactly who i'm talking about but there's many other sides to andrew i've known him quite a while so it'll be good to discuss challenges we were just talking about hell week is that what it was called in- hell week yeah uh-huh yeah and the irish can well take on sas who dares wins i probably shouldn't say that i'm sure that's copyright or something but um yeah that we're talking about challenges and then also i'm going to unravel a little bit about faith if you're happy to talk about that andrew never want to shy away and then also i want to talk about your tech company is that what we'd call it well i'm gonna let you introduce yourself properly you go for it because this is all about stepping into your space which you've done for a long time now um i imagine your small children are probably already on the ulster squad um learning from their dad but tell me about you introduce yourself sure. yeah so my, my small children actually would have an interesting take on this my six-year-old son so, summarizes me he would introduce me and he would say this is daddy he used to play rugby and now he watches rugby. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's their summary. Um, but I suppose the slightly more nuanced version of that is, yeah, so I finished playing uh, rugby um, four years ago. And um, now I'm a, I suppose I'm a tech entrepreneur. I wouldn't really usually um, describe myself as a tech entrepreneur. Um, I manage a tech company. We had a very specific, I was able to identify a very specific problem whenever mm-hmm. I was playing uh, playing rugby. Uh, in that I felt like athletes were hampered and just didn't perform at the same level of clarity or there was an issue around communication in, in uh, sports teams there still is a big problem out there with football teams rugby teams and a lot of other professional and college teams um, and uh, you know it's google calendar it's whatsapp groups it's email threads it's whiteboards and it's just kind of chaotic mm-hmm. and whenever you think about the 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 typical uh, profile of a high performance athlete it's not that it's not distracted you know it's it's single-minded focused and uh we weren't allowed to behave in a single-minded focused way and um, because just we had a clumsy kind of communication platform so anyway that's keros we've um uh we developed keros over the last four years i haven't got a technical background but I, I, I know that high performance environment quite well. So I was able to give a bit of insight there. And that's, that's what I'm doing now. That's the day job. And then uh, other hobbies, you know, I do a bit of podcasting. Uh, technically, we, we have a rugby podcast, uh, but I'd say the content is about 5% rugby and 95% just talking rubbish about movies and this, that and the other. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, it's great. It's a great way to be. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Five live, you know, when you go on yeah. there, you gotta love the chat. Yeah, yeah, and I still, I still get along to, to still involved in rugby from a kind of media perspective. I suppose do a bit of commentating, a bit of punditry. So, uh, yeah, it's still, still a passion of mine. I still love mm-hmm. uh, watching rugby and stay connected there. So, yeah, a few things keep me busy, and that's not even. Yes. That, that's not. That's that's just uh, that's just me. And then um, three kids. 
keeping me on my toes. Uh, very, very busy with them. Great crack, uh, but um, hectic around our house. So Jack's six. Uh, yeah. Molly is, what day is it? Uh, Molly is uh, five in two days. Okay. Kitty's, uh, Kitty's two. So she's only really tiny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other thing is I had your father-in-law here for a paint class. Oh, did you? Right, yes. yes. He's quite um, good, isn't he? And I did not, I did not put two and two together until the very end. He was showing me paintings on his phone. And then I was like, that's Anna Trimble. That's Andrew Trimble. And I was like, oh, right. He was like, yeah, that's my daughter who got me this ticket. So that was cool. He's very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw a couple of a couple, couple of pictures. And he's done a couple of classes. So I've seen a couple of bits. I'm not sure which one was the one he did in your class. Flowers. He did a vase of flowers at mine. Yeah, that was really good. Mm-hmm. Very well done. Obviously yeah. the teacher, the leader. It must be. Teacher plus talent, but he's, he's uh, very talented, obviously. He is. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, Anna's fluent in French. All of these things just made me really like excited to like he's see not, her again. Oh, well, I'm sure she is. Um, he, I've also pronounced it Kairos. 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 I would go Kairos. The K. Yeah. Well, you can tell me a little bit about that, um, about what it's been like to build that. And, and it's interesting, you should say entrepreneur. I've been, um, so I've been labeled that before and I, I'm similar. I don't really find that very comfortable. It doesn't sit like, because I don't, I guess entrepreneur, what would you say entrepreneur is? I like to think of it as someone who's like reinventing all the time, reinventing for growth. Um, but I think a lot of people just stick it on like their Instagram handle now. Uh what yeah, you- I think I well, the, I suppose the reason why I would maybe shy away from it a little bit is just because of our conservative uh, Northern Ireland. Um, it sounds a bit pretentious. It sounds yeah. like, oh, <laughs> that's a French word. Uh, have you not got any English words to describe what you do? Um, so that's the only reason that I would shy away from it. Yeah, it definitely. But but I get it's so you saw a niche, as you said there, um, how so it's scheduling, isn't it? So it's all to do with like scheduling, communication, and it's all in the one place. Isn't that right? Because you've been, it's been, is it an app yet? Is it an, an app? It's an app. It's a, it's a mobile app and a, okay. a corresponding uh, web app. So most of the admin and kind of organization will be done on the web app. And then the, the players just use the mobile app. Um, it's uh, too oversimplified to say they, they use the mobile app to find out where they're supposed to be. There's a lot of different departments who, who would typically speak different languages and you d- use different platforms. So it just makes it a lot more straightforward for the athlete to, to know what the requirements are. Uh, requirements as in athletic requirements and non-athletic requirements, non-athletic as in the necessary evil of being a pro pro sports person, you know, uh, commercial engagements, community engagement, sponsors, photos, um, travel, um, operations that sort of stuff stuff that you just want to do get it done get out of the way and then get back to to playing rugby again that's great so that's another thing which so my podcast called how to build a creative business so you might not necessarily think creative is in that but it's still hot you're still finding a nation you're still built you built it from the ground up you definitely have the strength then don't you of knowing like I can talk about art all day because I'm an artist, right? I can talk about the problem solving of that. So when mm-hmm. you come from it the same way that you did, that's your, I take it that's when you pitch, you're able to have a pretty strong voice in that. I think so. Yeah. I, th- I think for me in particular, I, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys, you know, footballers, rugby players, there's a lot of athletes out there who 
they've just got an X factor and they just um they just know they're talented. They go out there and they just let their talent do the talking. Yeah. That's not the that's not the way I perform. And it's not the way most athletes perform, you know, being talented and to the point we we're talking about with um Granda Patrick at the at the art class, being yeah. talented isn't enough. He had to go to an Ali McLaughlin art <laughs> art class. So um for I think sometimes you have you can just go out and let your talent do the talking. Sometimes you have to manage and you have to engineer a performance and you have to athletes know themselves well they know what makes them tick they know what routine kind of gets the best out of themselves and and managing that and i suppose just treating yourself like like a product and giving it you know nutrition everything you know sleep um even just you know getting the reps in the gym getting your you know your athletic requirements and then just your kind of psychological and there's a lot of kind of sports psychology goes in now and just getting finding out what your magic formula is and then an app just to to aid that and help that and allow any communication or any change of plans just be put in front of the athletes and, and just make it easier for them to 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 thrive i suppose well and i'm not surprised that there's a bit of a fun like, it seems quite fun that not fun but you know that's not a boring app that seems quite exciting it's fun it is fun and it's a, a big strength of our app is um making it really simple and make it really really easy to engage with yeah. but it's actually very complicated to make something look simple so there's a lot of work goes on in the background and um it, it has to be compelling the athletes have to enjoy using the app they have to enjoy uh, engaging with it and it has to be to allow them to to be better than they would be otherwise ultimately so but yeah. are, you, are you there's a lot there's like good teams and stuff isn't there are you using it as well so is it is it teams or is it individual like me if i was you know pro gymnast like am i am i able to am i in your audit your target no no it's team uh team team sports okay. mainly okay. um but what we i mean we've had conversations with the european rider rider cup, the european rider cup team so okay. you know golf is a team sport ultimately because there's numerous different kind of inputs into tennis could be a team sport very easily but it's really any mechanism where you've got a, n- a number of different departments or okay. Or inputs into into a performer um so youth sports is is slightly slightly different to what we're doing we we kind of target that uh, i suppose elite or professional athletes yeah. okay. because uh, if you join a youth team if you want to play um, play football uh, recreationally you want you play you do that to make friends and have the crack and have a bit of chat in the group chat um elite pro- professional athletes don't really they don't they don't do it for that reason they do because they want to be the best so actually minimizing the chat as, as much as possible and just give them really concise yeah. succinct information is a lot more effective for for elite athletes and um, i i teach online as well so i teach in person like what your father-in-law was here for but i have an online platform and it's called the unintentional artist and i use this platform at the minute and it's breaking my heart it's not it's not very user-friendly well it is no one's complained to me yet but it's not very easy for me to use so we're constantly looking at uh, apps (laughs) but I feel like I'd need investors before I start building my own app there's obviously that there's places now even probably since you started you can now you know you sign up to an app and then you have your own folder essentially on that and you pay like quite a high monthly fee how was that side of it the construction or did you have investors or what way yeah, we've we've taken in um, quite a bit of investment so far, uh, and all of that all of that's new to me. So I had to kind of learn a lot from scratch. And um, there's quite a lot of support in Northern Ireland, though. There's um, uh, Tech Start is a, a branch of Invest NI, so they do proof of concept loans 
or not proof of concept, sorry, proof of concept grants. Okay. Um, so there's there's two tiers of that. If you're successful with one, you can kind of roll this out. And if you prove that you've you've basically validated, right, this is something that we can uh a market that we can capture or a need that's worth a problem that's worth solving then you get kind of the second tranche of that and then suppose you're for that at that stage if you've got enough validation then you can kind of get some investment and and build a team and uh yeah get some engineers uh we've we've got a great team of engineers we've got five engineers at the minute really really smart smart people uh and maybe unlike a lot of engineers our guys are a little bit slightly more social than a lot of guys and we'd have them customer facing and just got a great team really good team very very clever they're kind of future proofing our app with you know a lot of things that we're going to build on down the line and different bits of value that we can add to the team so all of that stuff is new to me new to us and uh you know every day we're, we're trying to learn how to do that as best as possible but um, yeah, it's a steep learning curve coming from from um, pro sport into that. I was going to just ask you about that. So what, well, right, not the same, okay, but I work a lot of nights at the minute, but I'm not just, I'm sitting at home with the laptop, I'm doing a lot of private uh, teaching. We're back to like small, uh, small groups, not the same, but and I'm working a lot of weekends. When you were sport and like totally immersed in sport your body clock your diary was just not nine to five tell me about that uh it was it wasn't nine to five but it's not nine to five now so, and that that never really bothered me as long as it was kind of organized and structured that was okay with me but it was it was being told where to be all the time that was whenever i find it frustrating not not frustrating because you, you get so used to it and it's just it's kind of culture shock whenever you come out of that because you're going well who's going to tell me what time we're meeting today or what I'm eating today or what I'm doing, or, you know, I'm on the pitch at this time and seeing the physio after I'm in the gym after that, you know, you just get, you just get this, uh, this schedule dictated to you. And that environment is, is necessary, but it also kind of stifles a little bit of creativity. I think, you know, just being on the treadmill the whole time, whenever you, uh, if, if you win at the weekend, then you're straight into recovery mode and then you're back into training the Monday morning, you do a review of what went well and what went bad badly at the weekend and then you do a preview of what you're going to do in attack and defense for the following week and it's relentless and it's constant and it's very very it's so it's a selfish place to be and you have to make a lot of sacrifices uh ultimately by the end of it i was really excited about doing something different because right yeah yeah i just i just wanted to get myself get my teeth into a new um new challenge new project something completely different um where i think it was perfect for me because it was something completely different but i was able to use a lot of stuff that i'd learned um from uh from my previous previous job and kind of bring that across but yeah there's there's an element of it does i think it stifles a little bit of creativity whenever you're you're kind of on the treadmill and you get told what to do every day and um, but i guess it's like sorry to interrupt you i guess it's like education or anything they're they're the, the one size doesn't necessarily fit all but they have to have a system so i suppose uh-huh within sport and competitive sport at that level there has to be a formula absolutely no there has to be and that it's there's no there's no alternative to that and and you have to buy into what what the team's doing and the team is more important than the individual and you buy into that for years and then after i did that for 12 years and at the end of that then i was keen you know just to, to try something different broaden my horizons meet some different types of people it's you're in a bubble you only meet you only spend time with fellas in their 20s athletic guys in their 20s who love rugby and then you end up you know you just spend 95 percent of your time with that demographic 
probably a wee bit unhealthy. Yeah, like there's <laughs> like, a whole other world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you you start to realize there's a lot a lot more going on out there, and there's a lot of stuff um, that could be very interesting and and different to what you're used to. Uh, more so for the the people that are listening who uh, followed your journey in rugby. What was the highlight? Kind of um, a for, question, but it's probably quite a good one to know the answer. Yeah, two two highlights, two kind of. Off the pitch, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, on on the on the pitch highlight, I suppose was uh, Paris twenty fourteen. Uh, we won the Six Nations, and it had been the first time we won the Grand Slam in two thousand nine. But I wasn't really wasn't really in the team. I was out of form, and uh, but I played in 2014. I played really well. And it was just one of these uh, seasons where everything kind of came together for me. And by that stage, I was I was kind of getting on a little bit. So I was a bit of a late starter. It took me a while to kind of realize what made me tick and what was important. And uh, I got to grips with that. And then I got the best out of myself. But it was more for me. That was a brilliant, brilliant moment to be a part of that. Um, but it was more relief that I had didn't let my career get get away from me and not fulfill potential. So that was that was a big one. And then 2016, we played an exhibition game. It was a friendly ultimately against the All Blacks in Chicago. And the place was just packed with Irish people absolutely loving their lives. And we beat the All Blacks for the first time ever in, in the history of Irish rugby. So to be a part of that, we'll be we've beat the All Blacks twice uh, more since. Yeah. Um, but you know, that'll always be the day, the first day we beat them. And the fact that, you know, I was a part of that and again, shared that experience with some, some of the lads was, was very special. So those, those two highlights for me. So I talk a lot about on here, like emotions and, uh, dealing with knowing yourself really well. Okay. It's like knowing yourself from your brain to your bones. The fact that you're able to articulate that, that the 2014 was something that was a real, like everything came together. Is that hindsight that you can look back at that? Or at the time, were you like, I'm in my like, whole flow of that, like this is working or what, you know, is that more reflection? Or when you were in it, were you like, this is my time? Because uh, you were saying you were injured, you were saying yeah. 2009, because that's right. I remember being pregnant, seeing you 2011. You were playing Ireland then. Yeah, no, I was always, I was always, I was always there, but I, maybe I felt like I wasn't quite fulfilling my potential and it was 2014 was whenever I was I just kind of just hit a bit of form and I realized what kind of made me tick and what I needed to do to get to that level and then managed to get my performance up at that level and uh it felt more like um in that I'd been in in teams like successful Aaron teams Ulster teams in the past but it sometimes I felt like I was a bit of a passenger mm-hmm. whereas in 2014 I felt like I was driving it I was really a part of it and I really deserved to be there so it just felt different it was in hindsight, but not like years later in hindsight. It was in hindsight as in the next day or that night. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember sitting down at the, we got back and we were having a big kind of celebration family and everybody coming down to Dublin and we we're having food and drinks and you know, there was a band and stuff there and we were just having the crack. And I just went up to the room and sat, you know, sat down. And I just remember just getting this feeling of just such satisfaction, just felt a relief satisfaction just felt like I've, I've, I've done what I've been talking about doing for so long. I've been part of this moment. No one can ever take this away from me. And <coughs> there'll be bigger days in Irish rugby. Mm-hmm. Like there'll be way more, way more successful Irish rugby players. But for me, I just felt like I'll, I'll not finish playing rugby and finish and, and feel like there was unfinished business. Yeah. At least I've accomplished this and I'm very proud of this. Um, and then, you know, having Anna there and, 
there were no no wee ones at that stage but just having Anna there to share that uh when it was down in Dublin and just be a part of you know a bunch of lads who had been kind of through a long process of building up to that for you know it was very very special and very very satisfying brilliant um and what about the like so I was t- telling you there about me training for a marathon which I probably won't be able to do now because of injury but um after this 18 mile run which is the longest run I've ever done the uh, two weeks last week uh, you are on this high and I went straight to work so I had to get up early do my three hours run or whatever and I have a heart defect so I have to run pretty slow so I would love to be running at pace but it's kind of slow and you know anyway finish it I'm on like a total buzz and then I actually my friend she's ran like 50 marathons and ultra marathons and everything and I did actually say to her on the Monday I was really like quite not low but just like a bit flat probably because of the injury to be fair but uh what what's the come down of those type of things like did you ever did you there's a lot now about mental health in sport and I know in, in Northern Irish football the players talk about and I think actually there's quite a few Craig Gilroy and different rugby players yeah in Northern Ireland too what what emotional baggage comes with the kind of highs and the lows yeah I, I definitely think there is something to that and um, rugby players Ireland have been very proactive with that. I was part of one of the the early kind of uh, tackle your feelings is the name of the campaign. Okay, yes, um, and it's it's a really useful way of of just underlining and, and making guys, you know, ultimately it's um it's that sort of an environment. It, sorry, it certainly used to be way more of that sort of environment where um don't be a softy, just get on with it. Don't talk to anybody if you've got issues, just keep them to yourself. Or you know, we don't want to hear about that. And I think I, even as I was playing, you can see young fellas coming into the team and really challenging that uh, that mindset and that culture. And I'd say by the end, whatever I was, whatever I was finishing, it had not com- like not transformed, but made massive progress. And it sounds like even since then, you know, the alpha male, the one who dictates what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, that that role I don't think exists anymore in the rugby changing room because I just think everybody's a lot more appreciative, you know. Of, 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 of people who, you know, who, have, who are just like everybody else who need to talk about stuff, who find stuff difficult to get hurt and upset and, you know, have, you know, just difficulties and not every day, you know, you're not a rock star and you're not winning the Six Nations every day. Yeah. Quite often, you know, you're knackered after running 18 miles in the, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you've injured your psoas and you can't do the marathon that you've been really looking for. You know, ultimately everybody has, you know, those difficulties and probably especially, uh, athletes because you pick up an injury you missed the mo- you might miss the most important game of your life at the weekend you might not get to you might be fit you might have done everything you can do and the coach doesn't like you and you don't get picked for the weekend so I, I think you, you develop this level of resi- uh, resilience as an athlete but ultimately if if you're really resilient you survive in that environment but if you're not that resilient then you either survive and you're unhappy or you don't even you don't even stand the test of time so it's a tricky place to be um, and it's it's tough, and I think um, rugby players in Ireland have done a really good job of just getting guys to be honest and be outspoken about that. And you know, if he's happy to chat about that and he's happy to chat about that, then I can discuss this thing that seems like not that big a deal to me, but it's really important that I get back and and share something with you know guys who ultimately care about me. Yes. Yeah. Um, speaking of resilience, I 
so I um social like I have a, a presence in social media. I don't get too much abuse, but when I do, I'm I'm pretty like like people can slag off my art all they want. But if they start like picking at other things or family, it, it definitely is hurtful. And certainly if they told if that I think with sport. Uh, people think that they know the sport, like the sport man, the, the sports person better than, I guess, like tennis or anything or, or rugby, whatever. Everyone has an opinion. How yeah. did you deal with that? As like, a, were you a team? What age were you whenever you started? Yeah, too, too young to be dealing with that yeah. is the answer. Yeah, that, would... Sorry to interrupt you, but that was even before. Like, if you think social media is only now, like at its complete like peak, it, it dictates even how you were talking about podcasts like how we listen how we watch how we consume mm-hmm. like back then it would have been like i guess papers or people on the street no one so small was it like that yeah it's so so back then it would have been there would be message boards i wouldn't really right. have come across them like also rugby message boards by all the all the diehard fans and i would have been always quite strategic about it you'd get people who talk about this and they'd say um if you read it when you play well you have to read it when you play badly I don't agree at all. I only read it. I only ever go on to find out what people think about my performance if I know I've played really well. Yeah. Because I, I'm looking after myself. I need to feel good. I, so personally, off the pitch, I want to feel good. I want to feel happy. I want to feel satisfied and feel popular and feel good, you know. But even, even in terms of trying to manage my performance, if I go on the pitch not feeling good, I'm not going to play well. So I want to, I want to feel good. I want to fill my head with positive. I want everybody to think I'm a total rock star, yeah. capable of doing it. You know, so I would never go anywhere near Twitter, anything, if I hadn't played well. Well, and that's, you're already dealing with your own, you know, it's that thing of like trying to say to someone, like I would mentor as well. And you're like, you're already dealing with the fact that you know it wasn't your best. So you're already dealing with your internal voices. So then to see anything else, you're like, why would you do that to yourself? I know. No, don't, don't, don't do it. It's the only reason you do it is out of nosiness and you, you'll let yourself down and you'll end up with something, something will stick in your head and there'll yeah. be some, some stupid kid who knows nothing about rugby has made some stupid comment. Yeah. And it's, if you, if you could see what, if you could see the real world example of that person sitting on their laptop or on their phone, yeah. you're going that, that I, I can't, like I need to be completely separated and insulated from, that person because and it's ridiculous that i would even be offended by that because they know nothing they're speaking from a position of ignorance even if they're speaking from a position of knowledge which happens as well it doesn't matter because they don't know anything that i don't know about my performance if if you're honest and you're kind of if you've got a if you're kind of um self uh, self self-aware i suppose Mm -hmm. of what your performance is like yeah it's um it's it is a bit of a scary world the the best for me was uh not to do with my work or anything but i had covid before the vaccinations and it was like picked up by like there was it was like i don't know it was one global channel but it was on like 26 different channels and blah blah and i thought oh everyone's gonna wish me well and like hope that i'm not dying from covid because my heart thing was so bad Um, but instead it was just people absolutely horrendous were like she thinks that she had the flu. She ever had the flu? What an F in this, blah, blah, blah. And anyway, my cousin is a scientist or she's like a biomedical scientist. So she got into like a full argument and I had to say to her, please, like this is, you're not arguing with people who are rational. Like majority of people that comment on those forums or who like people have no filter anyway. They don't know what they're saying, but yeah. Well, 
I thought you were going to say, um, you know, at this, like before, maybe this time last year, year and a half ago, it was a bit of a witch hunt. If you got COVID, it's because you were oh, on. Yes, 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 yes. I was like, what's she been up to? I was a leper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, we, were, uh, we were the first ones to, Michael and I both got it and it was, it was terrible. And people who I hadn't even seen in person were messaging me and saying, I've just got a ping on my app. I thought, I think I maybe left something to your house. Uh, you know, like I wasn't like at the door, you know, like you don't get COVID through that. <laughs> just sneezing, getting ready to sneeze. Blowing out the window. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, people are crazy online, but I just look at my own sons now and I know you're only, you're, they're younger than mine, but you know, in the teens now and, you just think they're already dealing with so much and the phone and sport and letdown and sport already, like sport means a lot to my boys. So I'm trying to like manage how they process not being picked or things change, you know, it is. So for you to then be in like on headlines of that, I just think it would have been, I'm sure your mom, you really realize who your best mates and your family are, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. A long way time for you, but. Yeah, and my um, yeah, my mom used to. She was never that worried. Um, if I didn't play well, she didn't. She didn't care. Like she didn't. Mm-hmm. She didn't make a difference to her. She just was always so stressed that I was gonna hurt myself. And <laughs> anybody who'd see her in the stand, she was behaving really weirdly. But she just couldn't. She couldn't watch. She she had to go to attend to support me, but she found it really difficult. It was twelve years of her really digging deep and doing yeah. what she felt, you know, trying to be as supportive as possible, but she hated it because she was always so worried about her wee fella, you know, her. You're the her, only boy. Are you the baby as well? And there's four of you, is that right? Or two, three sisters? Three of us. I got two older sisters. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah, she was just so worried about her, her wee. But my dad would have been different. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't have cared as much about my physical safety. <laughs> let's say. But um, he would have just been more disappointed from a rugby perspective if I hadn't played well or if I had a got yeah. criticism, probably. What about the Hell Week? So tell me the challenges. Like, is it yeah. more, is it physically? You were saying you hadn't slept on that as well. And how does that translate? And, like, you obviously have... I didn't see it, but I will watch it. I think I can watch on um, playback. But my sister-in-law said that you were just so consistent. Yeah, I so I... No matter what you do, you get a hard time for the, the DS, the drill sergeants. So they 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 hammer you, torture you, shout at you, scream at you, give you a hard time, criticize you, no matter what you do. So I thought the best tactic here is to keep your head down as much as possible, but then you get a hard time. They call they call me a gray man. Just you know, there's nothing worse than just being a gray man. <laughs> there's a gray I, man at the minute in um, Peaky Blinders. Oh, is there? I'm not up yeah. to up to okay. zero. Okay. He's not uh, very nice. You're not nice in that gray man. Oh, is that right? Okay. You mean like bland? You mean like vanilla? Like vanilla four four two. Not just um like not a leader. You know, just um you're just kind of you know you're a passenger. You're letting the whole thing. But like I was just for me, I was just keeping my head down and trying to get through it. But they, they hammer you for every, whatever you do. If you were the outspoken leader, then they'd hammer you for that for trying to be yeah. an attention seeker. So you'll get you never get anything right. And it was, um, so I did it with a, few, a couple of friends of mine as well. Peter Stringer did it. And then Barry Murphy did it. Who'd be okay. From, um, uh, we do the podcast together. Yeah. So we were, we were positioned across from each other. So I, I've never, I've never stared at anyone because you have to stand to attention and you're just staring straight across. And I just, I just know every inch of his torso just like, 
<laughs> you know, just him standing as boxers, me standing as boxers, and right. <laughs> We're going to get to know each other very, very well over the next few days. Um, what's that? Was it a full week? It was, what was it, five days, I think? Right. Four, five, five days. I got, anyway, I got it one day before the end. And uh, I did, so the toughest thing we did was, oh, you're jumping out of helicopters and doing kind of cold water swimming and stuff like that. That's not that tough, really. Okay. Um, there's a few interrogations and all, and they kind of frighten you and, you know, do all that sort of psychological stuff. And then there's a beach um, session where they basically, it's hours, you're hours on the beach, you know what time it is, you woke up in the middle of the night, you hardly sleep at all, you wake up in the middle of the night and put you down a well at one stage and then you're out in the grass kind of doing all this, all the, all these different activities and then your, yeah, the beach session was just hours, hours of kind of pulling like we tug boats up and down the sand dunes in the water, sit ups in the water, it's proper like army man stuff, uh-huh. and it's really, really, it's so so tiring it's so so tiring but see the buzz you get um after you finish one of the events the buzz on the bus the crack and the like the relief and the getting through it with you know a bunch of people i don't really follow like kind of i don't really you know kind of follow that much um rt kind of southern media so there's a lot of guys out there that i wouldn't have known of or heard about so i was just they were just random people to me but now i know they're kind of like yoga influencers or or um I know content creators, you know, like, um, yeah. also it's just very different from what you were saying earlier. It wasn't just like 20 year old. Um. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but great bunch, really great experience. Just go in there and meet some totally different types of people to myself. Great people. Did you do it? Were you asked to do it or did you apply? Uh, no, I was asked to do it. And, oh. um, and then myself and Barry kind of went back and forth. And then I ultimately, then I said to Barry, I'll do it if you do it. And he was like, right, okay, we'll, we'll do it. It'll give us, it'll give us something to talk about anyway. Yeah. And then, um, the, one of the hardest, well, we got one of the hardest things that we got through in the Friday night was, uh, it was a simulated, um, kidnapping. They put your bag, bag over your head. This is what you told me, sort of the torture, you know, as well, in the ears, yeah. baby crying and stuff. Oh, I didn't make that. That was on the last day. No, I didn't. I didn't make that. But yeah, so that looked pretty miserable. But you've no um, idea. You're cat- oh, you're in the dark and all that. Horrible, horrible. Um, but we got you know kind of cable tied to the floor, and then they start um flooding, uh, flooding the room. So then you think you're going because you get a bag of your head, you don't know what's going on. They eventually take the bag off your head and then they're pouring this water into the room and you're you're thinking, well, I've got about five minutes here before I drown. <laughs> but every rational thought in your body says, obviously, it's an RTE show. You're not gonna, <laughs> you're not gonna die on RTE. This is not where I die. This is not where I die. But still, uh, when you're in it. But still, it feels very much like you know, everything's telling me here this water is gonna come up. But uh, if you kind of keep your nerve, you get through that okay. Uh, and then it was the hike on the following day, just loads of weight in your rucksack. You haven't slept. Uh, and I was just, my legs were totally jelly by the end of it. Well, right. end of it I only got like a fraction of the way through it and I was done. Um, but yeah, and then and then everything, all the emotion comes out and you're sitting on top of this mountain down in West Cork, which seven hours drive from home. And I was like, I can't wait to see the kids. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, not on TV. I waited for the camera to go away and then started but crying. That's when everything's stripped back, isn't it? That's whenever yeah. you're like, what is life? What is my life? Like, what yeah. is, what is my purpose? Great, <laughs> it's a great experience. It's a brilliant, brilliant. Now, everything I described there sounds miserable. Why would you do what I just described? But it is a brilliant experience. Would just you feel alive, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's like, I work from home now. I leave the kids to school and then I walk back <laughs> and then I work from home. You know, no. I don't get don't tie yourself to cables to the floor. No, yeah. 
no one tries to join me most days you know <laughs> it's a nice uh nice change up something different uh, good well well done you yeah, i will i look forward to watching it i'm sure i can watch it and play back or something yeah you do get it no problem i'm sure well um tell me then about your podcast and where people can find it and then about the app anywhere else or on social media where they can find you blah 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 yeah perfect so we um yeah it's our podcast is called potholes and penguins um, i like it i'll give you a bit of a, an insight into where that came from so when you're when you're playing rugby people talk about potholes and it's maybe not that widely known a term but potholes in rugby is basically anybody who comes up and tries to be your friend because you know you're you play for Ulster, play for ireland they put their arm around you and they tell you what you should have done right or should have yeah. done you should have done differently and you know they're they're potholes basically because you just have to try and avoid them your whole yep, life very good mm-hmm. so and then the other thing was we used to on our previous um podcast we did before with joe.ie we both loved game of thrones as everybody everybody loves no that. i don't like it at all oh it's dreadful oh, oh it's dreadful. you need to go back don't I worry about your podcast and talk about how dreadful it is don't worry about don't worry about hell we go back and watch game of thrones and do yourself oh. more a favor right and anyway. uh, this won't make sense to you anyway there's um there's a character in game of thrones who's called varies um he's a eunuch he's got lots of little birds he calls them in all the different parts of the kingdom so we wanted to incentivize our our listeners our kind of task our listeners mobilize them Um, we wanted to find out who's injured who's available for selection this weekend what's the gossip who's you know what's going on behind the scenes but we didn't we thought birds was too complimentary so we called our our listeners penguins (laughs) we thought it'd be just slightly more Slightly more offensive. Yeah, it's like more offensive. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because they're yeah. they don't fly. They don't even exactly. Fly. Exactly. So so we're like potholes and penguins kind of sums us up a little bit. Uh yeah, we talk penguin of the two of you. You're a penguin. No, that's important. That's a good question. Actually, we all have a nice tension, a nice hybrid of <laughs> pot, pothole and penguin. It's like the yin and yang. You can't be completely pothole and you can't be oh, that's good. Well, I look I look forward to listening to that. And then are you on social or um the Tell me the app name again before I miss my son's skill pickup. Keros, K-A-I-R-O-S. Okay, cool. Um, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Ali. I've been that for a while, so I appreciate um, you doing that. And just a real quick piece of advice for anybody who is building a career. I don't know, even if they're in sports team, whatever, just any individual, what's your piece of life advice? uh i'm back yourself so my big thing was i was always a confidence player and i always had to have confidence and then i tricked myself into being more confident than i actually was and and then i realized you're actually a bit more capable than you think you are so yeah back yourself and do something weird and ultimately if you if you work hard at it you'll be good at it brilliant thank you have a good day and thank you for joining me sound take it easy ali i really hope you enjoyed the episode thanks for taking the time to listen and if you want to check out more of my paintings i would love you to do so you can check out aliheart.com there is so much more on my website there's my youtube channel and if you really are serious about building your creative practice then my mentorship program is only four weeks long and it's a really good foundation to set you up no matter what stage you're at for projecting forward so that you can be the successful creative that you're intended to be. Either way, have a great day and thanks again for giving me your time.